It is uh, interesting to me that, uh, from my perspective, I see more and more uh, violence in our culture, violent words. Uh, it's no question that different venues, different times, different places, that evangelical Christians will be uh, the target of uh, violent uh, words and certainly violent actions. And so God gives to us Psalm 57. Uh, because David is uh, caught uh, in a time of great violence in his life. And uh, this is the record that he leaves to us, a record that we can use uh, every day uh, as our culture grows so violent. And perhaps uh, even as uh, evangelical Christians become the target of such. Uh, the, the psalm really speaks to us about the inevitable prospect of deliverance from uh, violent men. And what is most interesting about that deliverance is that it, it causes uh, David to praise God. It's really the entirety of the psalm in verses 1 to 5, and then David just simply using different words repeats everything that he says in verses 6 to 11. Uh, if you look at the ending of verse 5, be exalted about the heavens, O God, let thy glory be above all the earth. As you know, it's repeated in, in uh, verse 11. And so, in my own mind, the, uh, the poem uh, is, uh, is parallel. Uh, it's two frames, verses 1 to 5, 6 to 11. Uh, and it is the reminder that in our faith, uh, as individual Christians, uh, and of course as a church, uh, that we, we will suffer violence. Uh, but that God will always give the victory and that we should always give him the praise. Uh, and that is simply the, the lesson of the psalm. It's a psalm of praise for victory. And in that psalm of praise for victory, there is a, a lament. David is in trouble. Uh, the vast majority of the psalms are laments. The psalmist is crying out for deliverance. Here there's an outcry of thanksgiving for a great deliverance. Uh, that's going to occur. Uh, it is always interesting to me that the superscription is for the choir director. Isn't it interesting that the Psalms were set to music, sung the glory of God uh, in the temple and the tabernacle, uh, even of difficult times, uh, reminding the church uh, throughout the centuries of uh, the promise of deliverance and victory uh, through faith in Christ. Uh, there's a melodic indicator in the superscription that is literally do not destroy. I find that very strange. But when you think about the historic setting of the psalm, it's really not that strange. Uh, as you know, uh, the historic occasion of the writing of this psalm is 1 Samuel 24. Uh, more often than not, there's not historic markers of, of uh, uh, the origin of uh, the Psalter, but here there is one. Uh, David is hiding in a cave. Uh, Saul, who wants to kill him, uh, comes in to the cave unaware of David's presence. Think about it. It's a time of violence for David. His life is threatened. And he's having to hide. And his enemy comes in to his place of hiding. Uh, David has the perfect opportunity to do him harm, but he, uh, he does not because... Again, Saul, like it or not, is the appointed 
anointed of God as king. Uh, but it is a beautiful illustration of uh, Christians all over the world today, uh, uh, the, the target of uh, violent men and certainly violent words. Uh, so it's a time of danger, uh, and in that danger, David prays. Great lesson for us to, to pray throughout all times, but certainly in times of danger. Uh, and in his prayer, he reaffirms his confidence uh, in God uh, in light of the attributes of God. And the danger, of course, as you might well imagine, uh, causes uh, David to ask for grace. So in verse 1, it's repeated, is it not? Be gracious to me. Be gracious to me. And he, and he takes refuge in God. It's really an outworking of the introduction of the entire Psalter. Now, Psalm 2, verse 12. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now, we, we encounter violence, uh, but we have refuge in God. And, and in this verse, David repairs to what I think is an implied simile. Uh, because uh, he likens God uh, to the wings of an eagle. Technically, the figure of speech is a zoomorphism. Uh, David is uh, granting to God uh, aspects of uh, the wings of an eagle where he can uh, take refuge. Uh, the implied simile is simply that God is like an eagle that watches over its young. Could very well be an allusion to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 32 in verses 10 and 11. Verse 11 in particular, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young. What a great picture of God. Hovers over its young. By the way, the word hovered is uh, used in Genesis 1-2 of the Spirit of God hovering over the waters of the deep getting ready to create, as you know, that God hovers over his people to create uh, life within them, to preserve them, to protect them. He spread his wings and caught them, and he carried them on his pinions. I think uh, perhaps what is in David's uh, mind when he, when he says of God that in the shadow of thy wings I will take refuge. Now again, he's hiding in a cave, but overarching the cave uh, the fact that God is his hiding place. Uh, harkens to my own mind the uh, gospel presentation of uh, our Savior in Matthew 23, verse 37. He, he is speaking, I think, to the leaders of uh, the nation. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I don't think he's calling the town. I think he's calling the leaders of the town. The religious leaders. Uh, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, together, pardon me, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. Telling the, the spiritual leaders of the nation that uh, they were unwilling uh, to give their charges over to Christ, uh, the greater shepherd. But it is a great presentation of the gospel 
Because in a violent world, whether it be words or actions, a product of violent men, there's really ultimately only one place of true safety, and that is, that is the Lord God who hovers over his people in protection. Uh, if you're not a Christian, uh, ultimately you have no place of safety. Ultimately you are in grave danger. Ultimately, you have no place to hide. The judgment of God will eventually uh, find you. Uh, because there is no cave uh, that can hide you from, uh, from God. And of course, a uh, reminder of that in the gospel, to flee to Christ, sue for peace, uh, acknowledge him as the uh, only redeemer of God's people, uh, only place of salvation for sin, that is the ultimate place of absolute safety because it makes you a son of God and uh, it brings the protection of God uh, against any danger to your soul. Uh, it is the reality that God is a place of safety, that he protects his own. And uh, the point of this text is that uh, God, God is going to hide David. It's exactly what he does to Saul. David's in the cave. Uh, Saul and some 3,000 of his soldiers are outside. Uh, Saul enters the cave, is unaware of David's presence, and yet God is hiding David, protecting him. Uh, and he's going to hide him, uh, if you look at the text, until destruction passes by. Uh, he's likening... Uh, Saul, who wants to kill him, to be a source of unprecedented calamity. Uh, it's a very, very powerful word of, of, uh, of incredible chaos and danger. Uh, it's used, by the way, in uh, uh, a psalm that I think that was uh, written uh, by a soldier uh, facing the unprecedented danger of uh, the battlefield, Psalm 91, in verse 3. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. In my own mind, it perhaps embraces something of the uh, uh, incredible uh, dangers of the battlefield and perhaps even uh, the danger of disease that was uh, present uh, uh, on the ancient battlefield presence of rotting flesh, incredible destruction. Uh, but again, a great word of calamity, and uh, David is facing it because uh, a small army of 3,000 men are seeking to kill him. God hides him in the presence of that danger. And uh, the the, the place of safety for, for David is the uh, wings of the great eagle, uh, acknowledging that the, that the danger will pass and that God will make it so. Uh, the reality that David was uh, badly outnumbered, except for God. And it is a reminder, as, a, as an evangelical professing Christian, uh, doesn't take much 
for you to realize that in our culture you are badly outnumbered except for God. And so David cries, uh, verse 2, uh, in this uh, time of danger, of cry to uh, God the Most High. Uh, I love that name of God because uh, it reminds us that there is none higher, uh, and therefore he is able to help. There are all types of stages of help in our culture. I don't undermine any of them, institutions, organizations, foundations, and on and on. But ultimately, in the presence of violent words and violent men, the only ultimate appeal to safety is God the Most High. That uh, he is an ultimate place of safety. I'm not opposed for Christians uh, seeking help from civil government or certainly law enforcement, but ultimately, only God is sure and absolute protection, certainly against the vagaries of the soul. That you and I are chased by a much greater power than King Saul. The devil himself seeks to run us to ground, to destroy our faith, to undermine us, to wash away our foundation, but he cannot. More importantly, he cannot get at us uh, because of the wings of the great eagle who watches over uh, his sons and daughters. Uh, and so David appeals for God to help, and God does. And so verse 2, who accomplishes his will for me. That this giant calamity hangs over David, but he knows that God will protect him, and that in time it will pass. The danger will pass. Uh, remember a number of... Uh, of uh, years ago, I was watching a uh, historic television program about uh, the incredible dust storms in Oklahoma. Uh, the people go outside their house and just see it on the horizon. Man, I think it happens in, in, in the Middle East, but, but again, uh, you know, 1920s, mid-1920s, incredible dust storms, just incredibly oppressive and the dust would get everywhere. Uh, time of great depression for people just because of the circumstances. It's something like that in terms of the violence of, uh, of men, uh, certainly of Satan, who seek to destroy the church. Uh, but, uh, but David that calls uh, to God, calls to heaven. Uh, in verse 3, he will send from heaven The origin of his safety is heaven. Ultimately, the origin of our safety is heaven. That ultimately, every, every organization uh, may in and of itself turn against us, but not heaven, uh, because we are the sons of heaven. It's the origin of our safety. And David calls uh, from heaven uh, for heaven to send, uh, to send help, because he who approaches... Uh, it, tramples upon me, brings reproach, and walks upon me. Uh, men seek to do him harm. Uh, I, I, I will have to confess to you, I've, I've never been a fugitive on a battlefield. Uh, but, but David has. And David is telling us what it is like. But he's also reminding us that 
we have a place of safety, fugitive or not. And what is it that God will send from heaven? Uh, notice the object of the verb, his loving kindness and his faithfulness. New American Standard translates that word truth, but I prefer faithfulness. So from heaven, God dispatches his loving kindness and his faithfulness. Notice it doesn't say the presence of God, but he gives us attributes of God, reminding us that they are present with us always. Uh, the, the, the first uh, word in the Hebrew Bible is one that you are very familiar with. New American Standard reads loving kindness. The Hebrew is the word hesed, uh, speaking to the loyal love of God. How many times have I used that word in going through various psalms? Uh, lots of times. Because it is an overpowering word of God's relationship with us and his loyal love to his people. That God is loyal to his own. In a world of manifest disloyalty, it is not so of the sons of God. That we possess the greatest loyalty of all time. The loyal love of loving God. Psalm 105 in verse 8. The psalmist says, God remembers his covenant forever. The word which he has commanded from generation to generation. The constancy of the abiding loyalty of God to his people. He remembers his covenant forever. Of course, you and I know that God can never forget so that we are always the objects of his loyal love. How forgetful we are. But God does not. Cannot. If he could, he would not be God. It's the brilliance of the majesty, the absoluteness of our eternal security uh, that God knows, uh, protects and defends us. Again, the first attribute is God's loyal love to his people. It's a covenantal term that God is in covenant with us. He's loyal to his covenant. I mean, the overarching application, again, doesn't really need to be said, not really a part of this text, but that we should be loyal to him. Uh, loyalty should be a two-way street. Origin, of course, causality of, without questions, always from God. Uh, because we are a disloyal people, but he transforms us in time to be loyal to him, reminding us of his, of his lo loyal love to us. That God loves us from eternity past. So incredible to me. And that again is something, the overarching security that David has in the midst of this cave. In the presence of a man who wants to kill him who's chasing him, 3,000 soldiers. David is perhaps uh, rehearsing uh, that uh, God has made a covenant with him. Ultimately, uh, it will pass and he will be safe. And uh, if God loved you in eternity past, he will love you in the present time, and he will love you throughout all eternity. Is, is the divine cause of, uh, of our security. Uh, 
I, I know and understand that you and I get discouraged. Sometimes we lose heart. And when we encounter those times, uh, like perhaps David in this cave, uh, perhaps uh, terribly afraid, we should rehearse the attributes of God as an ultimate corrective uh, to fear. David, in a measure, is doing just that, remembering God's covenantal loyalty to him, that God has made a contract with the Son and the Spirit to protect his own, in this case, David. And Saul, as you know, ultimately leaves uh, the cave, doesn't have a clue that David was there. And as you know the story from 1 Samuel 24, David comes out and reminds, reminds Saul, I had the occasion to kill you. Here's a piece of your robe showing that I was there. Rebuking Saul for his uh, violent words and his violent behavior. Saul, of course, is humbled, but unregenerate man eventually seeks to kill David. Love, love the words John 13.1. Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having, having loved his own, and he loved them to the end. Incredible majesty of the covenantal loyalty of God. So in your times of discouragement, fear, perhaps depression, remember God has not forgotten you. And he will love you to the end. It's an eternal covenant of redemption that engages uh, God's protection, safety for his people. Second attribute uh, that I prefer, the translation faithfulness, uh, has the idea of certainty and dependability. Therefore, God is faithful to his people. God is dependable. Uh, you can count on God. He keeps his covenant. That God and faithfulness go together. That the enemy comes for David, the enemy comes for us, uh, and God will come for us in countervailing presence, and there will never be any lapses whatsoever in protection. It's an insurance policy uh, that he has bought and paid for that... Uh, never runs out. I'm always reminded by my insurance policies, your policy will lapse on the 18th of August 2019. You better hurry up, send your check in. We don't get that from God. God doesn't send us any bills. Psalm 146, uh, latter part of verse 6, Psalmist says of God who keeps faith forever never runs out there is no expiration date on God's love for you you ever buy those things in the store it says you better consume this by 2025 no expiration date God's affections for you. Meaning that his uh, wings of protection are always upon you. Again, it should remind us to be loyal to him. 
Uh, we live in a violent world. We live in the midst of violent men. Uh, but what always follows that violence is uh, God's victory. And uh, what should be appended to that victory is our praise. Uh, because of God's overarching protection. If God did not protect us all of the time, uh, we would be doomed. Because he does, we're not. Uh, because what follows in divine providence, violence is uh, victory for his people, and therefore what should, should follow victory is praise. Uh, I remind you in the gospel that God's loyalty to us is causative of our loyalty to him. That we should pray that we would be loyal to God. Uh, it is a much greater pro prospect that we would be disloyal to God than he could ever be disloyal to us. Uh, the latter is uh, an impossibility and so should the former be. Uh, that uh, as God has, uh, has bound himself to us in loyal love, so we should bind ourselves to him. This, uh, this violent culture we live in. I remember a number of years ago, I was visiting Washington, D.C. I went to uh, uh, a place where they celebrate uh, uh, fallen uh, peace officers. Generally, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. is often known as a place for uh, reminders of uh, uh, great heroes, uh, American wars, of course, Arlington National Cemetery, a uh, reminder of those who gave their lives. But this is a place set aside for uh, policemen and sheriffs. And uh, I was reminded again, isn't it incredible that there are organizations that uh, cry out for the death of police officers? I find that incredible. So what should a policeman do? Read Psalm 57. Take it to heart. Learn its theology. But it's not just peace officers. Uh, how would you like to be a Christian actor living in Hollywood? Christian politician. I think of Vice President Pence. Uh, you think on occasion he ever gets death threats? I suspect he does. What should he do when he gets those death threats? Well, I'd whisper in his ear, read Psalm 57. God's promise to protect his people against violent words and violent men. Uh, the enemy here in, in uh, Psalm 57 described in verse 4, my soul is among lions. Uh, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Reminded of the great words of the Apostle Peter, 1 Peter 5a. Turn, turn to 1 Peter 5 in your New Testament. A great, great picture of the fact that uh, we are surrounded by violence and uh, yet we're also surrounded uh, by God's covenantal loyalty. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And now hear this. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you.
you are safe. Be firm in the faith. Uh, and know this, God will be loyal to you. Uh, the implied comparison, of course, to the lions is uh, the powerful predators with a burning desire to take David out. They're on fire to get him. Their teeth are like spears and arrows. I mean, it's, it, again, a figure of speech that uh, the spears and arrows are meant to target to fall upon David. You know, I listen to some of the violent words, whether it be the chance to, to uh, kill policemen. Uh, think of those great uh, Middle Eastern battlefields where the, the arrows are loosed from the archers and it darkens the sun. We're the target of that. How do we escape? Presence of God. The figure portrays the effect of attack and destruction. Remember reading a uh, recent book about uh, histories of uh, Comanche Indians uh, who ruled not too far from Oklahoma City, uh, all the way south into Mexico, all the way north into Colorado. Incredible landmass. Uh, early, uh, early period of their uh, interaction with the American cavalry, the American cavalryman had a a one-shot uh, rifle that took him about a minute to reload. In that period of time, a Comanche Indian could shoot 20 arrows at him. That's the, the point of the violence of men raining arrows upon us. Uh, their tongue is like a sword. Of course, the substitution is in words. They, they weaponize words to destroy. Uh, so it was in Saul's uh, chasing of David. Yet David's confidence is so great that he prays uh, for God to be glorified and exalted, verse 5. In other words, he, he knows he's going to be delivered, so he, he glorifies God. Uh, I'm reminded I, I, I rarely, if ever, do that. I find myself in trouble and I don't praise God. How come? I should because God's going to always protect his own. Uh, the lapse of coverage is uh, eternal. We should praise God in the midst of, uh, of uh, violent words and violence, men. Uh, learn to praise Him when the times seem dark to you because of His greatness, because of His majesty. It's always worth remembering that God will protect us and we are to give Him the glory. Well, again, as I've suggested, the second half of our poem uh, verses 6 to 11 is parallel to the first, just different words. Uh, but it is the overarching reminder that violence to the Christian is always followed by victory, which should be followed by our praises to God who protects us. The danger, again, is those who seek to do him harm. Uh, Their, their deadliness is uh, not only in words, however, uh, they seek, verse 6, to trap him. First trap is a net. Imagery is a fowler who seeks to trap a bird. Uh, if a bird has its only defense taken away, it's totally helpless. Uh, it's his only defense to fly away. If he's caught in a trap, he cannot. 
Uh, the net takes it away so that his destiny is in the hand of the fowler. Except for God. It's always the exception clause for the Christian. We can be caught in 10,000 nets except for God. Great psalm I've found myself repeating over and over personal instances in my own life. Psalm 25, 15. My eyes are continually towards the Lord, for He will pluck my feet out of the net. I wish I would tell you you'll never get caught by violent men and in violent words. On occasion, you may be. But remember the promises of God who can pluck our feet out of the net. Uh, there is never a trap uh, that God cannot spring. And our lives are in His hands eternally and can only be in the hands of our enemies temporarily and even then providentially. Because for the Christian, what always follows violence is victory and therefore praise. Of course, the greater application for us as Christians is the spiritual realm. The devil cannot entrap our souls. The second image is uh, uh, just as important, the pit. They dig a pit and camouflage it, so David, unsuspecting, uh, is caught. Uh, and yet he knows that, uh, that God will... God will set him free, verse 6. They dug a pit before me, they themselves have fallen into the midst of it. One of the great ironies of Scripture is that violent men seek to do Christians harm. Ultimately, it will fall upon them. We can take this as a past tense or as a prophetic perfect that they will fall into it, but regardless, they get caught in their own trap. I mean, we live in a world of incredible political realities, and sometimes people set traps for us in the workplace, wherever it might be. Ultimately, they'll fall prey to their own trap. It's a reminder, uh, a wise man, Proverbs 26, he who digs a pit will fall into it. He who rolls a stone, it will come back on him. You can rest assured, when the political winds blow against you, wherever it may be, Family problems, neighborhood problems, problems at work. People seek to do you harm. They'll get caught in their own trap. The irony is that David, David was in a trap, in a cave, but God protected him and he escaped. Uh, I love the words of Psalm 146, verse 9. God thwarts the way of the wicked. Great promise. Great promise. And it is uh, this reality that causes a renewed vow of praise. In other words, David is so confident that he will escape the trap that he, he praises God. Uh, because of who God is, uh, David says in his, his heart is steadfast or firm, verse 7. How do you get a firm heart? How do you get a steadfast heart? When all the winds are blowing against you, well, you study who God is. That ultimately the solution to so many of our problems is right theology. If you understand who God is, has a way of bracing you, giving you courage, knowing that God is sovereign. It'll work out. 
God will set your feet free from the trap. Now, those who set traps for you, they themselves will fall into it. And so David is unwavering. Notice the repetition. My heart is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. So I will sing, so I will sing. Again, I tell you in terms of application, you want a steadfast heart in a violent world. Study the attributes of God. And know that they target you, a beloved son or daughter. And this confidence leads to a renewed vow of praise. Because the victory is so certain, David says, I will sing praises. I've never done that. But I should. Because of who God is. Uh, That's the expected response. Because you and I should know that what follows violence is victory and what should follow victory is praise. And the, praise is, and the victory has been promised to us, so we should praise God every time, all the time, without ceasing. And David gives a human response here to inanimate objects. Because he, he knows the victory is his, he says, Awake my glory. Uh, it's really referencing him. Uh, he is addressing his reputation and stature, that God has rescued him. So he says, wake up and praise God. Awake harp and lyre. Again, he's, he's giving human responses to musical instruments. It's as if the, the harp is asleep. You should wake up, harp, begin to sing the praises of God. Powerful imagery of a figure of speech. Generally, it takes a person to pick up the guitar. But David is commanding the guitar to sing Uh, music to the praises of God in light of the victory that envelops him in the time of violence. Start playing. Make music. Sing to the glory of God. Because God always wins. Then he turns upon himself. I will awaken the dawn. He substitutes praise for duration so that the dawn will catch him praising God. It's as if he's been praising God all night long. And the dawn will catch him praising God. It should be so with us. We forget God's loyal love. We forget the certainty that envelops us because we are the sons of God. No less than David. We may get caught in a cave, but God will set us free. Uh, While most are asleep, David is up and at it, fulfilling the vocation of every Christian. In light of victory, praise God. Uh, The reason uh, is a repetition of uh, uh, of verse 3. Again, we're at verse 10. But he, he recalls the theology of verse 3. For thy loving kindness is great to the heavens and thy truth to the clouds. But did you notice the change in the language? In verse 3, God will send it. Here it's unlimited. It keeps coming and coming so that you could stack it to heaven. They will never run out. So God's loyal love stacked like a brick one upon the other until it reaches the heavens. It's the origin of our safety. The presence of the divine attributes that surround us. The poem closes, as you know, with a repeat of verse 5. Our enemies are everywhere. I mean, I understand that 
in a, in a level of intensity. If you were a Christian in Saudi Arabia, going to your baptism, this would be a psalm for you. Uh, you may not make it out alive, but your soul would, to be sure. It's the overarching point of New Testament theology collapsed upon this psalm. Uh, but uh, I, I, I do remind you that uh, there are a lot of people that are awfully angry at evangelical Christians just because they are the agents of the devil who seeks to destroy us. But he can't because of God. Uh, I don't know what the future holds. Uh, I suspect uh, it may get worse, uh, but nonetheless, uh, God's loyalty and faithfulness uh, will abide uh, forever uh, upon uh, our son, his sons and daughters. And the enemy, the enemy, their violent words, their arrows, their spears, their swords uh, cannot win. Uh, the victory is ours. And so, what should we do? We should do like David. We should praise God and uh, never stop. Uh, maybe there is some time in our lives where the dawn ought to catch us praising God for the majesty of uh, uh, his protection that keeps and preserves us. Uh, so much so that none of the souls of the sons and daughters of God will ever be lost. Always kept. Always protected. Let's, uh, let's close by praising God, befitting the victory that is ours in God's divine protection.